turn to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, and we'll be reading in chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse 2, or sorry, verse 3, the Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And in Second Timothy, or in this epistle, we see this letter to Timothy, which is Paul's son in the faith. And we see in uh, verse 2, or chapter 1, verse 2, he calls him my dearly beloved son. And Paul here is encouraging Timothy in remaining faithful in an increasingly wicked world. And he's trying to encourage him to stay true to the word, stay true and follow truth. And in Second Timothy, this is Paul's last epistle. And you know, really it's his last testament. And when you think about it, Paul could have used this and dwelled upon his accomplishment. He could have talked about all the things that he had done in the Lord, but he was more concerned here with encouraging Timothy to carry on the work of God. And the main theme that we see throughout this epistle is that of endurance and faithfulness. And here we see in this passage that we just read that Paul uses the example of a soldier. And you know what? There's a battle today. And the lines have been drawn for a long time. There's a war for the souls of men and women today. There's a war for the souls of boys and girls. There's a war for the lives of our young people. There's a war over the sin in our lives. There's a war over marriage. There's a war over every aspect of our lives that Satan can try to influence to put a separation between us and God. We hear about wars all over the world, physical wars, war against terrorism. But there's an even more dangerous war and We know that Satan is lying in wait, setting snares to trip us up and trying to creep into our lives in any any way that he can. You know, Satan doesn't want to see people saved. He doesn't want to see people come to Christ. He doesn't want to see that restoration between man and God. And when we're saved, he doesn't want us to have that relationship. He sees that restoration and that salvation, and he doesn't want us to have that relationship with God. So he'll try to do anything to put a wedge between us and God. And in the Bible, we see that Jesus tells us that he wants us to have a life more abundant. And Satan doesn't want to see that in our lives. He doesn't want to see us live a life of victory. So we see here in this epistle to Timothy that Paul is trying to encourage him and he encourages us to be soldiers in this war. And I think it's important for us to understand, as Paul writes this letter to Timothy, he knows the struggle of our young people trying to live for Christ in such a wicked world. And he knows that our young people are in the heat of this battle. And I kind of want to focus on that tonight as we see our teenagers going to camp these coming weeks and that have already gone to camp. And we have our VBS program coming up as we try to reach into the community and try to win the hearts of these young children to the Lord. And throughout this last week, I was able to go to Camp Yes, and it was my first time in many years um, able to go back finally and to, to minister at the camp. And 
I was encouraged, I was, I was able to encourage many teens throughout the weeks. And let me tell you, there is a battle. There is a spiritual battle going on and Satan is working relentlessly to trip up our young people today. He wants to absolutely destroy any relationship that they may have with Christ. He wants to destroy any trust or any strength or any ounce of faith that they may have in Christ. And Satan has many tricks and he's trying to use these to destroy the lives of our young people today. One of the things he does is try to cause doubt in the lives of us and the lives of our young people. He causes doubt in their salvation. Many young people today struggle with the doubt of their salvation. Satan causes doubt on the word of God. You know what's creeping into young people's lives today is the world's philosophy. And to the point where young people are questioning the word of God and comparing it to the world's philosophy today. As they go into the world, as they go to um, places like public school or in to secular colleges where the world's philosophy is surrounding them, and young people today are struggling with the word of God because they're so influenced by the world's philosophy. And that's what Satan's using today. He's doubting, he's causing doubt in their lives on living by faith. They don't want to live by faith. He's causing doubt in their life on decisions that they've made for the Lord, maybe a decision that they made at camp. He's causing them to doubt the authorities that God has placed over them, not trusting in the authorities that God has placed in his care and guidance. Satan's causing doubt in our young people's lives about the love of Christ in their life and those around them. I heard from two separate people last this past week that were in such a place in their life where they consider taking their own life or attempted to take their own life. Why is that? Because the love of God wasn't real in their lives and Satan has caused doubt in their lives to not see the love of Christ. You know, our young people are in the heat of this battle just as we are. But let me tell you, they're fighting. And the young people that I saw last week are fighting this battle and they want to fight the battle. This war is very real and the enemy is very real today. You know, Satan is not some kind of metaphor that the world will try to convince you of. You know, he is not some religious system or a tool of oppression like the world likes to say. You know, you hear about these satanic church or the church of Satan. You know, you know what they'll say? They'll say, you know, we're not actually worshiping Satan because we don't believe in Satan. They're saying Satan's just the tool of oppression that the church uses to to put their thumb on top of their church members. You know, Satan is real today. He's a real person and he's a real enemy. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, the Bible says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. We know that Satan is a real enemy, and one day he will be bound, and we know that his days are numbered. Satan was a liar from the beginning, And he knows what's going to happen to him, and he's fighting harder than ever. And I believe he's focusing much on our young people today, the young people that are able to make a difference for Christ, a young people that are going to be the next generation trying to reach this world, and Satan's trying everything he could do to try to discourage them, to try to ruin their lives. And in our passage this evening, in verse number 3, 
Paul uses the phrase, therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. And if anyone in the word of God knew what it was to be a good soldier and to endure hardness, I would say Paul was. Paul was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was placed in dungeons. And you know what he said about all those things in his life? In 2 Corinthians 4.17, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He called all these things in his lives, in his life, a light affliction. And towards the end of this last letter, his last testament, he uses the phrase, he fought a good fight. In verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You know, Paul knew what it was to endure hardness. He knew what it was to be a soldier for Christ. And that's what he's encouraging us to do today, every one of us here, to be a soldier and to endure hardness. Too many of the Lord's army today fall to adversity because we don't endure hardness. You know, salvation isn't a one-time victory that protects you from this life. I encourage the teens this week that I was able to speak to that the decisions that they make or the victories that they saw won this week are not one lifetime victory. The decision that they made this week to overcome a sin in their life isn't that one-time victory, but that they need to endure hardness. They need to fight a good fight. And we see teenagers year after year as they go to youth conference, as they go to camps, and they make decisions, and the next year they come back and recommit, and they're discouraged because they failed what they were trying to do. What they need to do is to endure. We need some soldiers that will endure, that will overcome the lies and snares of Satan. One of the great things that I love is that God provided us with salvation for eternal life, but God equipped us with everything that we need to live this life, to live a victorious life. We have the Word of God. We have prayer. We have church. We have pastors. We have parents. We have godly friends that if they're really encouraging us like Paul would encourage Timothy, they're directing us back to God. They're directing us to His Word and showing us the strength of God. But we need some soldiers today that will endure. In verse number 4, we see that it says, No man that warreth entangleth, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. So any man that's in the war, any of these soldiers, if he's really focused on this war, if he really understands the war that is at hand, if he really understands the enemy, they're not going to entangle themselves with the affairs of this life. If you're in a battle, don't get caught in the affairs of this world. It's another trap of the devil. Could you imagine someone being on the war field, a soldier as he's out battling, doing battle? Do you think he's going to be distracted? Do you think he's going to be caught up with the things of the world? Or do you think he's going to be focused on the fight? He's going to be focused on the enemy. He's going to be focused on the danger that's around him. Young and old alike, we get caught up in the things of this world and lose their focus in the battle and get their eye off the enemy, which is a dangerous place. It, making it makes it easier for Satan to slip in unaware. 
Many of the teens I talked to that said that they had certain struggles or many of them that I talked to that had doubts in their lives about their salvation or struggled with that. Things that they couldn't get victory over in their lives. You know what all of them told me? They told me that they weren't in the word. They weren't praying. It was a common thread for the for those that were struggling. They lost their focus. They got their mind caught on things of the world and off the battle and off of Christ. In 1 John chapter 5, a great passage that I use to try and encourage people with their assurance of their salvation. In 1 John chapter 5, in verse number 10, it says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record, the word of God, that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. And he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. It talks here about the record. This record, the Word of God, is what told us that Jesus was God's Son. This record is what told us that we needed to call upon his name to be saved. And this record is what tells us that we can have eternal life, that we can know, that we can have the assurance. It's all based on the word of God that we know. And in our lives, when we have doubts, when we have these battles, when we have these struggles, it's because we're not looking at the record of God. We're not looking to the record of God. The same record that told us that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the same record that told us to call upon the name of the Lord, the same record that gives us assurance of salvation, is the same record that gives us victory in life. And we're going to struggle if we're not in the Word of God. This record reminds us that we have eternal life, and it reminds us of the love of God. It reminds us of the strength that we have in Christ. It's the record that encourages us. It's the record that feeds us spiritually. The record that gives us everything we need for a victorious life. And if you get caught up in the things of this world, you lose sight of the Savior, and Satan sneaks in. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. So here in this passage in Second Timothy, in these epistles, Paul is encouraging this young man that he considers his son up. And part of the letter, letter, Paul is encouraging Timothy, and he's saying, you know, Timothy, teach them to endure. Teach them the things that I have told you. In uh, verse 2 of our passage, it says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So he's here encouraging Timothy in this epistle, but he's also saying, Hey, Timothy, encourage others. The things that I have taught you, the things that I have shown you, teach others that can teach others. Teach others to encourage so they can encourage others. And with that in mind, here's my main challenge tonight. First of all, we need to endure. But as we think about our young people that are at camp this week, the previous week and the rest of the month, as a church, we need to be praying for our young people as they endure, to be encouraging our young people. 
Just as Paul was encouraging Timothy, we need to be encouraging our young people and teaching them to encourage others. You know, many things, there are many things that God is pointing out in their lives uh, these weeks at camp, and God is directing in what they should be doing. And many decisions have already been made this past week, and many decisions are going to be made these coming weeks. And we need to be encouraging them just as Paul did with Timothy. The world is getting worse and worse. And they need to fight the good fight as we're fighting the good fight. You know what? One thing that worries me is as bad as the world is now, how bad is the world going to be when Simon goes to school, when he's older, when he's a a teenager? You know, the world waxes worse and worse. And you think about how bad the days were in the time of Paul, and we look at how bad things are now for our young people, the society that they're growing up with, the philosophy that the world has that's influencing them, we need to be encouraging our young people to stay faithful to the truth, to stay faithful to the word of God, to be diligent or vigilant, sorry, in the war, the spiritual war against Satan. We need to be praying that they stay faithful and endure. Pray for those that are working. Many of our young people are going back to camp many of these weeks, and they're going to be counseling. They're going to be workers. Many of our young people, it was encouraging to see that they served during the services. They were playing specials. They were singing. There was choir specials. And our young people are doing these things. Pray for them at this time of camp. It's a great time. You know, it's great to be at a camp where you're physically isolated from the world and being bombarded by the news and social media and the worldly influence. And it's a great time that God's speaking to lives. So pray for them as they go back to camp. Pray for those that are attending camp in the coming weeks. Pray that they would be open to the preaching. You know, if a young person goes to camp and they're determined not to listen to the word of God, the word of God is not going to penetrate. Pray that our young people would be open to the preaching. Pray that they would respond to the Holy Spirit, that they make these lasting decisions, and that they would endure hardness in this life. Pray for VBS that's coming up. As we go out in a few moments and try to um, put these flyers in mailboxes, pray that we'd see souls saved. Let's see that Satan doesn't lose more souls as he battles the spiritual warfare and tries to take souls from us. Pray for souls to be saved. Pray for the young people that are being brought up in this world's philosophy. Pray for the young people in this community. Pray that they would endure hardness. And just as Paul encouraged Timothy, let us be encouraging our so-called Timothys here in our church. Let us be encouraging one another. You know, it's not just our young people. We're all facing a battle. We're all in the spiritual warfare together. And we all need to be enduring hardness in our lives. So let us encourage one another. You know, we're living in dark days, but we aren't doing it alone, praise God. We, we're, we're serving through Jesus Christ. We're serving through his power and his strength, but we're also serving together in unity, and we can encourage each other, one another in unity, and be praying for one another. So as we go into this week, be in prayer for one another, but be in prayer especially this month for our young people. Pray for the decisions that they've made. Pray as God is directing their lives as they're trying to make decisions. And pray that we'd be able to all endure hardness. Let's pray.